So having spoken, departed the goddess, bright-eyed Athena, making herself like a vulture, and awe seized all the Achaeans. Then did the old man wonder, as he saw this with his own eyes, taking Telemachus' hand, and said these words, calling upon him, Friend, I cannot believe you will ever be base or a coward if you, young as you are, have gods who attend you as escorts. For no other was this among those with Olympian dwellings. This was the daughter of Zeus, spoil-pundering Tritogenea, who in the Argive host most honored your excellent father. Listen to me now, lady, and grant me excellent glory. Give it to me myself, to my sons, to my virtuous bedmate. I will make offer to you then, a heifer, a broad-browed yearling, not yet broken, that no man has ever led under the plow yoke. Her I will offer to you, with her horns all covered with gold leaf. So he spoke as he prayed. He was heard by Pallas Athena. Straightway the horseman, Gerenian Nestor, led the procession back to his beautiful house of his sons and his daughter's husbands. But when they had arrived at the glorious house of the ruler, they took seats in orderly rows on benches and armchairs. Then for the men who were coming, the old man mixed in a mixing bowl, wine sweet in the drinking, that never until the eleventh year did the housekeeper open and loosen the mantle around it. This did the old man mix in a bowl, and he prayed to Athena, pouring out much to the daughter of Zeus, who carries the aegis. When they had poured libations and drunk whatever their hearts wished, then they departed to rest for the night, each one to his own house. There on the spot was the bed that the horseman, Gerenian Nestor, gave to Telemachus then, the dear scion of godlike Odysseus, out in the echoing porch, on a bedstead corded for bedding, close to the leader of men Pazistratus, excellent spearman, who was alone unmarried among the offspring in the palace. As for himself, he slept in a room inside the high palace. There did the lady his wife make ready the bedding and share it. Soon as the dawn shone forth, rose fingered at earliest daybreak, out of his bed then started the horseman, Gerenian Nestor. Going outside, he took his seat on the stones, well-polished, which were arranged for him there in front of the high-raised doorway, glistening white with a polish of oil. In an earlier time had Neleus set upon them, that peer of the gods as adviser. But he had now been quelled by his doom and departed to Hades. There sat Gerenian Nestor then, the Achaeans' protector, holding a scepter, his sons all gathered together around him, coming away from their rooms. First Stratios came, and Echephron, Perseus too, and Aretos, and then godlike Thrasymedes. Joining with them was the hero Pesistratus, sixth of the children. Leading Telemachus, godlike in form, they sat him beside them. Speaking among them, opened the horseman Gerenian Nestor, Quickly achieve for me now this thing I desire, dear children, so that the first of the gods I may sue for the grace of Athena, who came openly here to the great god's plentiful banquet. Come then, one of you go to the field for a cow, so that she may get here quickly. The herdsman, tender of cattle, should drive her. 
Then one of you go down to great-hearted Telemachus' black ship. All of his comrades bring to the house. Leave only a couple. One of you then go after Laertes the goldsmith and bid him come here so he can cover the horns of the heifer with gold leaf. All you others remain here together and order the servants, those inside of the house, to make ready a glorious banquet, also to set up benches and bring clear water and firewood. So did he speak. They all got busy, and soon did a heifer come from the field. Soon came from the swift-balanced galley great-souled Telemachus' comrades, and soon also did the bronze-smith come with a bronze-smith's tools in his hands, that art's apparatus, well-wrought tongs for his work in the fire, and a hammer and anvil, which he would use to accomplish the gold work. Then did Athena come to partake of the rites. Old Nestor, the chariot driver, gave out gold, and the smith then covered the horns of the heifer, working with care so the goddess would see and rejoice in the splendor. Taking the cow's horns, noble Echephron and Stratios led her. Out of the house came Aretos. He brought in a flowery basin water to wash their hands, and he held in a basket the barley meal to be used. In his hand, Thrasymedes, courageous in battle, held a sharp axe. He stood by the cow, made ready to strike her. Perseus held the blood bowl. Old Nestor, the chariot driver, washed his hands and commenced by sprinkling the meal. To Athena he prayed much, and to start threw hairs on the fire from the cow's head. But then, when they had uttered a prayer and had sprinkled the barley, straightway Nestor's son Thrasymedes, lofty of spirit, standing beside her, struck, and the axe cut right through the neck thews, severing them and releasing the cow's strength. Loud ululations rose from the daughters, the wise of the sons, and the virtuous bedmate, Nestor's Eurydice, who was the oldest of Clymenus' daughters. Then they, lifting the head of the cow from the earth of the broad ways, held it. The leader of men, Pazistratus, severed the throat veins. After the black blood poured from the cow and the life left the bone frame, swiftly dismembering her, they cut out all of the thigh bones, Fitly, according to custom, in thick fat covered them over, making two layers, and morsels of flesh they fastened upon them. These did the old man burn on the split wood, over them pouring glistening wine, and the youths held five-pronged forks there beside him. After the thigh bones burned, and the people partook of the entrails, then they cut up the rest, and on stakes they spitted the pieces." Holding the sharp spits firmly in hand, they finished the roasting. Meanwhile, Telemachus had been bathed by fair Polycaste, who was the last-born daughter of Nestor, Neleus' scion. When she had bathed him and rubbed him richly with oil of the olive, she threw garments about him, a beautiful cloak and a tunic. He came forth from the basin in form most like the immortals, going to Nestor, the shepherd of people, he sat down beside him. When they had roasted the outermost flesh and had taken the spits out, they sat feasting, and excellent men rose up to attend them. Serving the wine, they poured it out into gold drinking goblets. When they had quite satisfied their appetites, drinking and eating, speaking among them opened the horseman Gerenian Nestor. Come, my sons, 
for Telemachus lead out the fair-maned horses, and to the chariot yoke them, that he may accomplish his journey. So did he say. They carefully listened to him and obeyed him. Speedily then they yoked to the chariot swift-running horses. Wine and provisions were put inside by the woman who kept them, meats too, such as are eaten by rulers beloved of heaven. Straightway Telemachus stepped in the chariot, matchless in beauty. Also the leader of men Pazistratus, scion of Nestor, climbed in the chariot. Taking the reins in his hands, he drove by wielding the whip, nor against their wishes the horses were speeding out on the plain, so leaving the steep-built city of Pylos. All that day they were shaking the yoke they carried about them. Then did the sun go down, and the ways were all shadowed in darkness. Soon thereafter they came into Pherae, to Diocles' palace. He was a son of Ortilicus, whom great Alpheus fathered. There they rested the night, and he gave them guests' entertainment. Soon as the dawn shone forth, rose-fingered at earliest daybreak. Yoking the team, they climbed in the chariot, bright with adornment. Out of the courtyard gate and the echoing portico drove it, wielding the whip, nor against their wishes the horses were speeding. Into the wheat-bearing plain they came, there striving to finish that whole journey, so swift were the horses to carry them onward. Then did the sun go down, and the ways were all shadowed in darkness.